We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, now please to welcome in uh, none other than uh, the NCAA's Dan Gabbett and David Warlock for the Goodman and Hummel pod. Uh, unfortunately, Robbie Hummel has chosen guys to go to the chiropractor over you guys. I, I hope I hope that's not too much of a hit on your ego. But Robbie is preparing for the Olympics, so we got to give him that, right? I've been dumb for least, far less. <laughs> at least it's not the dentist. We 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 it's no problem. No, this is this is legit. This is absolutely legit. So I uh, hope you guys are doing well. Uh, haven't seen you guys since Dan. I saw you at Mohegan Sun, right? That was uh, feels like moons and moons ago. Uh, I have not been to a game since, believe it or not. And uh, it's not been a lot of fun sitting at home. Like it's been good not traveling as much. I got to say that as you get older, you guys know. Uh, it's good not to travel as much, but I, I miss I miss talking to players and coaches and seeing you guys on the road. And I'm hoping I get to do this in, in a couple months in Indianapolis. Are, do we have any media? Are we going to be allowed to be there? Do we know yet? What, what's what's the deal, Warlock? Uh, yes, we will have some media. It will be pretty restricted. Um, I've had conversations with uh, USBWA leadership and – I've given them a heads up as, as far as what we're doing. Um, but we will have, you know, some media there to, to cover the event, you know, as far as access to the players and coaches, that'll be virtual, of course, as, as you might expect. But, um, we're going to also, um, provide the services for media not in attendance, uh, in, in Indiana to cover the event virtually with both post game press conferences and traditional off day as well so um we're going to try to accommodate you as best as you can so that you you all can can do your jobs and and covering this great event does this mean i have to kiss your ass even more warlock to get to get onto the the good list of, of the media where i can i can attend that's essentially what it means yes the, the, <laughs> the, the thing i'm upset about is this was finally your year to be a, in a prime courtside seat and <laughs> Now you have to go to the back of the line. So sorry. About All right. That. At least, at least I'm going to be with everybody else. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of difference between me and whoever the A-list uh, celeb media person is this year. Um, <laughs> all right. So the hot button topic, I think this week, 
to some degree has been conference tournaments, Dan. And, and, you know, there's some thought of what a teams do, what, what a leagues do. Obviously there's money to be made from these conference tournaments, even without fans there through TV contracts. Uh, but a lot of coaches are that I talked to are saying, well, listen, if I'm in the tournament anyway, why am I going to go to a conference tournament and, and risk uh, a player getting COVID or hurting my, you know, seed or, or whatnot. There's so many different things. And then if a, one school bails out, what does the rest of the league do? How, how have you thought about this and how it can affect uh, the NCAA tournament? Well, it is complicated, like most things in this environment, Jeff, as you note. Um, we've had some discussions with the basketball committee on the topic, and we'll have more. We don't have any specific uh, position uh, at the moment, um, you know, I think generally speaking, we're supportive of the conference tournaments. It's, it's, you know, it's our membership. It's, it's how, it's how the tournament actually starts, as you well know. I mean, it is how teams play their way into March Madness. And, and, you know, when 80% of the teams that play college basketball don't make the tournament, it's their postseason championship experience. And, and then, you know, those that win get to play in March Madness. So, you know, we're hopeful, but understanding of, of the complications around it. Um, at this point, I think it's probably, um, you know, the general feeling is that this has to be a local decision, uh, an institutional and conference decision, because every situation is different. You know, some conference tournaments you're talking about are one bid leagues and many others are multiple team bid, uh, you know, coming out of the conference tournament. Some, some events are played the week before Selection Sunday and some lead up to and play on Selection Sunday. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a complicated one like most things, but I think probably the general feeling is with more discussion to come that those are decisions that have to be made at a local you know, institutional and conference level rather than be mandated in some way by the NCAA Tournament Committee. So my big kick has been <laughs> why – how much, how much conversation was there about actually having a true bubble before the season? You know, why not spend the – like NBA spent about $150 million from what it was out there. And, and they did it for, what, three months? Not as many teams, but a longer period of time. Um, was there conversation, and was it real, about spending the money? I mean, you guys have $8 million, $800 million probably – uh, at stake here for the NCAA tournament, why not put a hundred million of that to ensure that we're going to have an NCAA tournament that hopefully doesn't have any uh, glitches unless Lou Williams somehow appears, um, you know, throughout it. Well, you know, we've had all sorts of consideration and, and obviously, you know, observe what everyone else has done you know, successfully and, and, and what the challenges have been, not just in basketball, but in other, sports as well and um and taking into consideration how this whole thing has evolved and i think the you know the committee and the staff feel uh cautiously optimistic and confident that we have a, a really solid plan to have a successful tournament first and foremost to keep everybody healthy and safe and, but secondarily also to have a great competition to determine a worthy national champion and we don't believe that it necessitates a you know a, a a very expensive, as you note, um, uh, effort to make a, a more tight bubble that this controlled environment that we are creating or in the process of creating in Annapolis can and will work. Um, it's, it's more akin to what we've seen schools operate during the regular season, both in basketball and football and other sports. And, um, 
you know, over, over a, a three week time period, um, we feel like it can be successful. And, you know, look, you know, there are differences, as we know, too. I mean, you know, th- these are college uh, uh, students and athletes. And uh, fortunately, from an academic perspective, many of them, most of them are, are studying virtually now. So that will mitigate some of being away from campus for those week to two or three weeks. Um, but, you know, the money is also a factor, though, Jeff, too. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I understand your point about, you know, the revenue that we could use towards the expenses of, of having championship. But we're also running 70 other NCAA championships this year, the women's championship and, and you know, other uh, fall championships going to be run in the spring uh, and then spring championships planned as well. And all of that revenue go- goes towards running all the other events. And then of course, providing significant, uh, you know, distribution back to the membership, which helps to run their collegiate athletic program. So a lot of complication. I think it's a, it's a you know, reasonable question you ask, but I think we, we were at the right, in the right place uh, we feel. And, and now we just need to execute on a solid plan. You know, I, I think I just worry, right? And I think a lot of people do. I'm sure you guys are concerned with, all right, once the tournament starts, what happens if, if God forbid, Gonzaga, somebody from their tier one test positive or Baylor, what happens? I, I guess my question to you would be, what happens? Do we, do we stop the tournament? You know, if that happens at the final four, does life go on? And hey, listen, you know, kind of the way it's been for a lot of schools, uh, they shut down for two weeks or seven days or 10 days. What's the protocol right now for, for how you'd handle that? Well, you know, whether it's the controlled environment we've created or the bubble that the NBA created, it's only as good as everybody's, uh, you know, uh, discipline within it. Because um, you can test every day, which we're going to do, and the NBA did every day. Um, you can have the, the you know, the most uh, safe and healthy protocols in place with physical distancing and, and you know, sanitation of your hands and, and food and everything else. But if, if the weakest link breaks that chain, then you've got a problem. You know, you know I think we feel, um, again, cautiously optimistic and confident that uh, student athletes and coaches and everybody involved is going to be in all this together. And they're going to do the right thing. Um, they have to, or, 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 or it could result in it not being as successful as we all hope and envision it to be. Um, there's no reason to believe that a team will be knocked out if there's a single positive case, as long as they're following the medical protocol very in a very disciplined way. Um, because contact tracing should not result uh, in what we've arranged here to knock out an entire team. As long as masks are worn, six feet of physical distance at all times, um, and, and you know, not eating, you know, and having meals, you know, in an undisciplined way. But again, that's going to get down to the teams. And I will say that you know, while most all the teams that I that I've observed during the season are doing the right things, I wouldn't say that's the case with all of them. And 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 getting more disciplined and compliant with with the you know regimented health protocols down the home stretch here and heading into conference tournaments and in the NCAA tournament will be vitally important. Um, I can't underestimate that, you know, underscore that enough um, because the best, the best protocols aren't, aren't effective if they're not followed very, in a very disciplined way. So just to clarify what you're saying is, Hey, if somebody does test positive with one of these teams, um, life goes on, life goes on. That player has to, uh, apply to the, the necessary, whether it's seven, is it seven days in, in the bubble in, in Indianapolis? In the, well, in- if it, you know, if it's a positive test, I mean, it's, it's isolation for at least 10 days, um, you know, and, 
Um, if it's a close contact, then, you know, it, it could be upwards of 14 days. Uh, there is a chance um, that if it's a close contact that, um, that you can test out uh, after, after seven or 10 days, depending on where we are in, in the tournament. Um, but to your specific question, you know, it's, it's not really an event that you can pause or postpone very easily, right? No, so, right. No. Uh, you know, but again, it, there's, you know, we're going to provide an incredible environment and, and the testing necessary to make sure that everybody's healthy and safe. And then it's up to the teams to do the right thing. And, and not, not only for their own team, but for all their opponents too, and help us get to a, a national champion that will be very worthy at the end of it. No, I think, listen, we're all, we're all rooting for it. No doubt. You know, when, when I was in Mohegan sun is interesting because, you know, you heard from all the, the players and coaches, they couldn't leave their rooms and go anywhere without an escort. Um, I could, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't play any blackjack until I was on my way out. I promise. Um, but ultimately, how do you, I mean, what are they going to be allowed to do? Like in the NBA, obviously they're allowed to golf. They're allowed to, you know, take walks outside. Uh, but again, it was a, it was a bubble. Um, it was, it was in Orlando here. I assume they're not going to be allowed to just take a walk, you know, down, you know, to whatever it is, uh, Shake and steak and shake, whatever, yeah. whatever it's called down in, yeah. in downtown Indy, uh, that I know Warlock's been to in the wee hours of the morning. Um, <laughs> but you know, what, what are they going to be allowed to do? Is it just literally, hey, you're taking a, a bus to practice, you're taking a bus to the games, you can go to meals, but you have to, to socially distance with, with masks? Like, are they, I mean, this is, this is 20, what, 22 days? 22 days, they're going to be there from start to finish, potentially, if they if they go to the national title game. That's a long time to tell these kids they can't really do much of anything. Well, you're right. For the two teams to play a national championship, it would be that long. You know, for the other six – among the other 68 teams, 52 of them, uh, three-quarters of the field will be home in a week. Right. Um, they'll be in Eddie for one week. Um and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it'll be busy, you know, especially that first week. I mean, it, it, uh, it involves the teams coming in, having to isolate in their hotel rooms for more than 24 hours, just more than 24 hours to have two negative PCR tests before they can come out and, and start practicing and again, game preparation, which is very similar to, you know, like my son's in college and that's exactly what happens when he goes back to school for the second semester, right? He's stuck in his room for 24 hours waiting test results. So, um, unfortunately that's become common. Um, you know, then they'll have a few days to, to practice. Um, there are a dozen practice courts in the Indiana Convention Center, all of which are connected to the four hotels we're going to use. So they can walk back and forth. They'll have team meeting space in the convention center for team meetings, uh, for film sessions, for, uh, for team meals. Um, so they'll, they'll have, you know, some freedom in that way. And we're setting up some, you know, as a term in advances, we'll set up some, um, some, some lounges that they can, you know, uh, go and, and, and get away from their rooms. Of course, even those have to be set up, you know, physically distant. I mean, it just, there's just no way around that. We need to, you know, create an environment that, that uh, eliminates uh, or mitigates the need for contact tracing to the very initial question you asked so that we don't jeopardize having an entire team, you know, become, uh, you know, ineligible or, or, or sick. Um, so, um, it will be a different experience. You know, what I think gives me and the committee uh, hope and, and some confidence is that 
as you know, going all the way back to Mohegan Sun, which was the very first week of the season, teams have been operating in this environment since mid, since late November. And, and I think they've learned a ton. We've learned a ton from their experience um, and from the successful MTEs, you know, that, uh, that took place. And so we know, we know what works, right? And, this, and the teams know what works, work. And they know what doesn't work as well, um, and you know, and, and how to mitigate that risk. And while there's no, you know, perfect, uh, you know, solution, or you know, we we believe that there's enough learning and, and experience that has led to what we hope and think will be a successful event. Fans, uh, I'm sure all fans want to know. Like, are any fans going to be allowed? I'm, I'm assuming that's not the case, but um, I, I don't know. What what have you decided with fans? Well, we had we have pre-approved, and it was fundamental to our decision to have the entire tournament in Indiana. That for each of the 67 games, uh, uh, players and, and coaches, family members will be in attendance. So that's that's guaranteed. Even if things, you know, were God forbid, get worse, you know, with the pandemic, that they'll be in attendance at the games. We we made a conscious decision with the Marion County Health Department not to make a call on fans as of the first of the year. Um, because we just thought it needed more time to see how things hopefully improve. We'll make that determination by early February uh, or thereabouts. Um, there, there have been fans at uh, at Colts games, for example, upwards of 20% at one point, although it reduced to 10% near the end of the NFL season. Uh, Butler's had fans at Hinkle Fieldhouse in limited capacity. The Pacers are about to start to welcome some fans as well. So, uh, there's a possibility, but it will really be driven by, you know, health and safety and, and what we can manage. Um, and uh, so we're hopeful, but uh, time will tell, you know, it, it's, it's the most important thing was the family members and we got that pre-approved or else that would have been a deal breaker coming in. In, 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 in the media. Yeah. Also the media. Don't forget about the media. Warlock, Warlock took care to make sure of that. I, I, I know he has. Um, <laughs> I know you got to get out of here and then we're going to go to our, our B list guy, Warlock, after you, you, you leave us. Um, what's your confidence level right now, Dan? Like if, if I said, you know, zero to a hundred, your confidence level that we're going to have a tournament and it's going to go off well from start to finish this year, you feel pretty good about it? I do. I, I feel very good about it. Um, very confident about it. I mean, look, I'm respectful of challenges around it. I have not slept well for weeks and I don't think I'll sleep well again until the middle of April. Um, you don't know, look like you've because, lost any more hair, Dan, though. You, you still yeah. Most of your hair there. yeah. I haven't either. Don't look inside. Like, Listen, it's been a long time, long time. <laughs> you know, it just, I, I, I do live in dread fear that the team could be impacted, you know, and, and, and their experience could be, uh, you know, diminished in some way by, by things that, you know, would be somewhat out of their control. But, um, but as I noted earlier, much of it is in their control. And I think we have a good solid plan in place. We're going to great lengths to make sure that everybody's, you know, kept healthy and safe. And, um, and, and we've seen success in other, you know, other events, although 68 teams, you know, is, is a, is a big number, you know, um, I think we'll, we'll, it'll be a little more manageable. It'll feel so at least after the first week when we get down to 16, um, but I've got a high level of confidence that this is going to be a successful event. Um, it has to be, you know, it's our job and it, it, it's important for the players and coaches and we're going to do everything we can to make sure it happens. I want to know who, whose dog is it? That's mine. 
He's, he's a black lab. lab. Yeah, he's, he's a washed up. Yeah. Go take your dog for a walk. Take your dog for a walk. We'll, we'll let Warlock take uh, center stage here, and uh, I'm going to grill him. I'm going to grill him like nobody else has ever grilled Warlock before. So I'm just going to say I defer to Dan's comments. <laughs> True story, by the way. Dan's dog is named Fenway, and my dog is named Bronx. So the Yankee oh, nice. very good. Very good. Live. Listen, you got to take a little easy on Warlock, though. He's still he's still licking his wounds from the Bills game last night. Yeah, time. you're right. We we got to get into that a little bit. Dan, I, I appreciate it. Uh, you know what I think of you um, way more than I do of Warlock. So. Uh, I, I hope to see you in, in Indianapolis uh, about, what, seven weeks away. So yeah. I can't wait. Um, I, I, my big first question to Warlock when, when you get off is, I hope you got me at the nice Marriott. <laughs> Dave's got you taken care of. Feelings mutual, Jeff. Thanks. Appreciate you, man. Take care, Dad. Be well. All right. Are we ready for the Super Bowl? There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code CLNS50 for your 50% welcome bonus. All right, lines for the big game, Chiefs minus three against the Bucks. Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, does Brady get lucky number seven? Mahomes is already on his way to greatness. We'll have more prop bets for this game next week. Some fun ones for sure. So make sure you stay tuned because I'll be giving out my favorites. Uh, for college hoops, the national title. Odds to win the national title. Gonzaga is still the favorite. Plus 275. Baylor close behind at plus 500. Then you've got a big gap. Uh, I still kind of like Villanova. Plus 900. Michigan also plus 900. Iowa plus 1,600. Alabama has moved way up to plus 1,800. Again, there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code CLNS50 for your 50% welcome bonus. What, what's it been like for you? I mean, what you know, the whole process this year, trying to figure this thing out. I assume there's so many moving parts and that's part of the problem. When I ask Dan about fans, it's right. You you don't know the answer yet. You've got to wait to get as much info as you can before you make a decision, but you can't wait too long either. Right. You know, Jeff, it's been, it's been frustrating a little bit because, you know, the nature of my work especially is very cyclical and, and I'm such a routine guy. I know I've been doing this, you know, since 2006, you know, I've been at the NSA since 2001, but started on this championship in, in 06 and, you know, I, I'm, I'm a routine guy. I work well in routine. Not that I'm opposed to, uh, to change or anything, but I also know that what, what week of the year or month of the year I have to do this and do this and do this. And, and now it's been just one long waiting game. Um, I mean, today, literally, I'm putting together a roster of media coordinators that we'll have from our host institutions and conferences for, for each of the venues. I mean, that, that's something that's usually done 18 months out, you know, so literally, uh, and, you know, now we're doing it weeks out and, and yeah, there, there are going to be some things that are easier. For example, you know, we're, we're not going to have hundreds upon hundreds of, you know, people credentialed at, at the first four, eight, first and second round sites, four regionals in the final four, you know, it, that adds up to, you know, literally thousands uh, of media. And instead, you know, for the, for the whole tournament, it's, it's, it's going to be considerably less than that. 
Um, do you have a number, Dave? Do you like have a number? What like what's yeah, it in, and what do you expect it to be this year? Uh, usually for for first four, we usually have 150 people, you know, with with television, and for first and second rounds, it can range from the 225 to 350, depending on which teams and where we are. And regionals are in the 400 range typically at each set, at each of the four regionals and then final four. You know, mostly because of Turner CBS, it, you know, it's, it's been north of 2000 people, um, the last, you know, handful of years. Uh, we regularly break records in terms of the number of, uh, people we're credentialing. We, uh, the, the international number goes up, the, the Cause online. You, Cause you credential anybody like Norlander and, you know. Exactly. The standards, the, the standards have definitely have been lower than, than my predecessors. Yes, for sure. Um, but no, so I, I think we're we're going to try, you know, to credential. You know, we have a list of, you know, regular yeah. college basketball media, the Athletic, the AP, USA Today, so on and so forth. Then we're going to we'll take other requests. Um, you know, we don't know what sort of um, requests we're going to get from the, from the newspaper community, for example. And are they will they come for the duration of the tournament or just the final four? And so if uh, the Washington Post or the Seattle Post Intelligent want, want to come, then obviously we'll accommodate them. Um, but they may be, uh, they may be coming regardless of the teams. Um, they may be coming to cover a specific team and we're going to allow, you know, beat writers of each of the 68 teams to come, probably a handful uh, of media from, from each of those teams, as well as the national we mentioned. And then of course, Indianapolis star covering it locally. Uh, there's a minority owned newspaper in here in Indianapolis. So, you know, we'll credential, uh, very limited photographers, uh, just from the standpoint, you know, they're so close to the, the action. And so it, that's going to certainly be different in 2021. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know if as far as numbers go, we're thinking maybe 25 people seated at every game. Um, so, but that'll be what about the final four, final four. I'm, I'm hoping we, you know, we can increase those numbers, you know, that, you know, since we're going to be in Lucas Oil stadium, have a little more flexibility when it comes to space. Um, so, you know, it depends on, on the request, but especially for the four teams, if they want to, you know, up the number of people uh, that want to cover them for the, you know, for the last weekend, then, you know, we'll certainly accommodate that. Same with the national media. If there, if there are, you know, major outlets uh, that cover college basketball regularly and they want to come for the final four, you know, we'll certainly try to accommodate them. It won't be the same experience because, you know, there won't be direct access. There's no final four Friday with open, open practices. There's no locker room access. The breakouts probably, you know, won't look the same at all. We'll try to, to mirror everything in a, um, virtual way but even then it's like I always like having players and coaches on the dais at the same time and it's not going to you know you're not going to have that I've been told we'll probably only allow one person in a room at the same time so in terms of the length of how long it takes to get a player and a coach in there for both teams you know we may be looking at doing something like at least in the early rounds of the tournament doing simultaneous virtual press conferences so there's a 10 minute cooling off period for both teams and you know, a player from the winning team and the coach for the losing team go. And then for 10, 12 minutes and you put the winning coach and, and a player from the losing team. So there's some access. And of course, SIDs will probably accommodate some requests to have, you know, their own um, press conferences, you know, once they return to their hotels. How, um, 
don't know if you know the answer to this, but hotel wise for the teams in Indy, how, how is that going to work? Is each team like on its own yeah. floor? Like what? Yeah. That's exactly right. Yes. So, I mean, it, it'll be secured and no one outside of their travel party will be able to go there, whether that's family or if teams have their tier two access. I mean, it's, it's going to be, you know, very restricted. So you'll have multi, obviously with 68 teams, you're going to have them in multiple hotels. Yes. And then they will, for instance, if they go play a game at, at Purdue, they're going to get onto the bus. They're going straight to Purdue to West Lafayette. They're going in the arena. After the game, they win, they're coming back. Yes. And we'll have them spread out on the bus and buses. It will have to be buses because of the, the need to have um, appropriate distancing. So, um, yeah, all that, all that is, you know, being considered and finalized. And in the media, do we know what we'll be allowed to do? Because I assume we're not going to have any interaction with any players, with any coaches, with anybody. Are we going to be allowed to leave our, our hotels over that three week period? Yes. Yes. Media will be in what we'll, what we'll call like tier three. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it doesn't require, you know, testing and things of that nature. It just means that you can't have access to, you know, to the tier one people. So we can go still get the shrimp cocktail is what you're saying. You can go get the shrimp cocktail, 2 a.m. milkshakes, you know, all that. Still you won't be allowed to get the, the 2 a.m. milkshake, though. This is going to really hurt you. Me personally. Well, I mean, it'll help from a health and wellness. <laughs> yes. No doubt. No doubt. You may, you may lose a few LBs on this trip. I, we'll see about that. <laughs> I've been stress eating since since last night. So I think we've all been stress eating over the last you know yeah. year or so. Yeah. Um, in in terms <laughs> of uh, again, I, I know I asked Dan this question a little bit. Your your confidence level that this is pulled off. What what concerns you the most about everything? Is it a team, a key player? Um, you know, as the final four approaches testing positive, and then again, there's almost you know an asterisk next to 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 the tournament and the champion if something like that happens. Yeah, I mean, as far as what concerns me most, I mean, that's the same thing Dan mentioned. Is I mean, that's what keeps me up at night is just is just making sure we're doing everything we can to make it as safe as environment for everyone and not just the players and coaches, but the officials and the people who are, who are working the tournament, you know, there'll be far fewer people running things from an operation standpoint, but you still need a PA announcer. You still need a, a, a score scores table with the shot clock operator and game clock operator and timeout coordinator and those, those type of things. And so they won't be right between the benches like they normally would. I, I don't imagine, but it still takes complete buy-in from all of those people and, and including the teams and, you know, and you just have to keep your fingers crossed that everyone has taken the, the appropriate steps um, to protect themselves and, and, you know, keep this tournament, you know, going. And, you know, that, that's, that's what matters because it's, you know, sure there's a lot of money at stake, but I just think from an overall um yeah, you know, it's just important for, for college basketball fans, quite honestly. I mean, that's that's where we all started before we got into this business, that we love the game and we love this event. And it's just, you know, it, it's critical from that standpoint uh, as well that, you know, that this this goes off and we successfully execute it. And, and 
you know, no matter what happens, it won't be for a lack of preparation. I mean, it is just, there's just staff uh, going through this and working on this every single day. I mean, um, you know, there've been no days off on this and it's just, it's just, uh, with all the different changes to this year's tournament, we're, we're having to relearn a lot of the things we've done and, and have to consider so many other factors that we normally wouldn't. And then I can tell you that uh, we're hopeful that 2022 is a, a return to normalcy. So this, this eye test versus uh, the net and, and all the other metrics is going to, you know, it's going to start building up more, right? Like we're, People are starting to talk about it a little bit now. As we yeah. get closer, it's going to be this hot button topic of, well, what? And I always tell people, Dave. I always, I always say, like, you know, the, the problem is everybody thinks it's like this one generic thing that they throw in a, in a hat. Instead, you've got all these committee members, and they all look at something differently. Like they all, one might look at the net, the other might love the BPI. The other might like Sagarin's rating, whatever it is. The other might just like the the eye test. Um, how how do you think it's going to be this year in that room? How how different? Yeah, I I think now that we've you know we've made it almost to the end of January, and while there are certainly and unfortunately many teams that have had to pause or are currently on a pause, teams are playing enough games and meaning there's enough data for them to be evaluated. And on the whole eye test thing, I get people who criticize that because anyone can watch a team play on their best day and and just go, good Lord, that team is unbelievable. Um, I'm trying to think of games this weekend, um, you know, where you just go, wow, man, that's, that team's really good. Syracuse. Syracuse has been a good example lately. Syracuse against Virginia Tech. I watched Syracuse when they played Boston College and they scored a hundred and something points and they had five guys just drilling threes left and right. And you're just going, this is, you know, you know, and I know Boston College isn't a great team, but it's still a game on the road. And they're, they may have had a 40, 40 point lead at one point in the second half. And, and I give you another one. They did against Virginia Tech was, was was something but that's not but if you watch them in other games huh one other one comes to mind here, here's yeah. an example like to finish that thought though you if you watch Syracuse on other days you go uh, no that's that they're they're struggling so it, that's why the eye test doesn't work because it depends on which which day you watch them 100 um, percent no you look at results I yeah I guess so what I was thinking as you were talking there was like a Clemson is a good example okay Clemson was so good early right right Rolling, they go on a pause, yeah. and they've been awful since. So, yeah. like, how much it, – it's going to be very interesting to see how much each committee member – and like I said, I think it, you're going to bring this to the attention, I would assume, or one of the committee members will. Right. Hey, this is what happened coming off the pause. If Clemson looks good and gets going again in a week or two, you wonder how much people will say, well, you know what? Maybe coming off the pause there in, in the first few days – we got to kind of throw that out the window a little bit because they weren't able to do something for, you know, six, seven days. Yeah. I think you have to consider that. And and that data is far more important and useful than the eye test for the reasons I just explained, because, you know, it's, it's perfectly, you know, explicable that that someone would come off a long layoff and a be rusty or B don't have their legs 
Um, yeah, and maybe a team. I mean, I got watched Villanova in their first game right. um, against Seton Hall. I think it was middle of last week, and I, I thought sometime in the second half they looked a little gassed. They did. And now they also showed how tough they are by hanging on, and and, uh, and that's a credit to that program, I think, and, and their players and Coach Wright. But I think you, you're you're going to have to factor how Pittsburgh looks and how they perform coming off a break. And, and, and I think you're going to have to factor, okay, this team just played because of rescheduling and postponements of this, this team just played four games this week. Um, if, if, if that were to happen. So all of that has to be treated just like you would with, with injury reports. And, you know, we have two committee members per conference having conversations with league personnel, which is a you know standard protocol for, for what we do in that conference monitoring program to get all that information, whether, you know, a kid rolls an ankle or, uh, you know, a worse injury that knocks them out for the year, along with the data um, that, you know, that we help the committee track in terms of what we're talking about, those long layoffs, uh, kids who come down, you know, with the virus, how long it takes for them to get back in the rotation. And I mean, quite honestly, be the player he was, you know, before, they went down, you know, or contracted the virus. So, I mean, it's, it creates more work this year, but it doesn't really change. You're still going to look at Ken Palm. You're still going to look at the net, Sagar and BPI, KPI, strength of record. Um, those are the metrics that are on the team sheet. And the net is the one that's used to sort things, you know, the, the in terms of quadrant. So it is, it does carry that added importance. Uh, you know, there's no getting around that, but also, you know, it's, you know, one of my roles in the, in the room is to, to make sure we're looking at things from every angle. And, you know, and I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, the strength of record, a wins against bubble, those type of things. There, there's, there are other metrics out there and you follow those guys on Twitter. I think, you know, they have some credibility, know what they're talking about. And while they're not on the team sheet, you know, if there's something there where their metric is wildly different than, the other metrics, you know, it's going to be pointed out. And I think, you know, the most recent example of that would be in 19 with UNC Greensboro where there are metrics that are, you know, commonly referred to by committee members, you know, maybe not been so great, but some of their other metrics and especially in the web, you know, showed that, you know, you know, they may have not had the same opportunities as, as a big East team would have had, for example, but, you know, they were still a high quality basketball team and, and, achieved a record that would have been hard for, you know, for many other teams to, to achieve with, with, with the schedule they had. So, you know, it's it, the, the modernization of the selection process, you know, can, is, is ongoing. It didn't end with, with the net, but we certainly made huge strides by uh, getting rid of the RPI and replacing with the net. But will you have like a, a pause list almost for every school? I actually have one going right now of, of, the pauses and the number of days since November 25th. Does that matter? Or is it just really ultimately, Hey, listen, it's kind of the, the, the luck or, or not luck of you being shut down. And when you, you know, how do you, how do you account for that? Yeah, it's, I think, yes, it matters. Um, you know, and it, it maybe, you know, perhaps it impacts their seed more than, more than their actual selection. You know, you still have to demonstrate, that you can beat quality teams and obviously winning on the road is, is, you know, counts for more, but that's all baked in any of the metrics. Right. So 
Um, but yeah, I think, I think it matters. I think if it helps ex- explain a performance, you know, that, I mean, how did this team lose to that team, especially at home? It was like, well, they were, you know, they were coming off a nine day layoff and, you know, they just, yep. just didn't have it. Um, you know, especially in a conference game, they already know your stuff. They know what you're going to run. Um, you know, maybe it's the second time you played them all year. And, and maybe, maybe you avenge that loss later in the season and it, it gives you even more clarity. Like, okay, well, that, that, that may explain things a little bit. You know, this, the second time around they had their legs and, you know, they, they handled their business, you know, better than the first time, but it, it's all, it's all valuable data. How you quantify it is, you know, is, is, is a little bit different, but, uh, yeah, than a than a rather regular metric, but um, um, you you definitely have to think of that. Sorry, my kids are just getting home from school. No problem. All right, and and I'll I'll leave you at that. I will leave you at that. Uh, that's way more important than anything we're doing here. Uh, spend time with them, and uh, I appreciate it. Always good catching up. I hope I see you in about seven weeks. I don't know when can media come. When, when, when's our first day allowed there? I mean, I would say we're probably not going to have people come in until, you know, maybe the day before, you know, the first four. So that would be St. Patrick's Day, the 17th. So, so we'll have to do this. Will we have to do the same seven, seven negative tests? No, no, no. But that, that's, that's just for people in a certain tier. Media won't be in that tier since you won't have direct access to the teams you want to do. You want have to do that. I think during the credential application process, you know, we're going to ask questions like, experiencing fever, any of the symptoms, that, you know, that, that type of thing. But um, you won't have to test negative or any of that nature. You know, we'll give a, a block of rooms, maybe at different hotels that, you know, you can reserve a room um, if you want. I know some of your colleagues have already gone through the process of reserving a room, maybe not even downtown necessarily, but um, just in other, you know, other areas of the city, you know, Fishers or Carmel or wherever, but, you know, if that's what they want to do or something close to, to Butler. Um, you got, you got me in, in, in the uh, presidential suite where? Yeah. I have you in the presidential suite at the motel three. So, <laughs> so. Do we have a hotel yet? Or can we break the news? Uh, we, we don't, we actually don't have a, a media hotel. It, it's, I can tell you it's, Highly likely going to be, you know, not the JW, but the, the other Marriott properties there downtown. You know, we'll, that's where we'll probably link. So the credential application process, which will be private this year, will be like an invite only. Um, you know, we'll send a link. And once you're approved for a credential, it'll say, here's a link, book a, book a room at one of these properties. And you'd be able to choose um, which hotel you, you, you prefer to stay. Will that yeah. be soon? Coming our way? Soon is that what you said? Soon, we said, yeah, um, yeah. We're just we're working on it. We just had meetings late last week with with sports systems uh, to work on language. Um, so, but we're we're getting getting close to that. I don't want to push you. I don't want to push you too hard. Here. No, you, you know, usually I open up that process in mid December, and I try to wrap up Final Four in early March. Um, uh, but that's not happening this year. It'll probably be yeah. You will hear, you will hear no complaints from me on my, my seat, my hotel, my hotel room or anything. And, and honestly, no team, no coach, no media person. Uh, there should be no complaints anywhere. As long as we can get through the tournament, uh, so far, so good. Uh, to be honest, I mean, you look at the numbers and I, I tweeted them earlier today. 
Think about this. It's pretty impressive. The last three weeks, you've had uh, 83% of the teams have played a game um, basically uh, this past week. 83%, 61% have played at least two games. Honestly, that's better than I expected, Dave. That's better than I expected. And uh, let's just hope, you know, you know everything that, that, that's kind of going on at Michigan scares me a little bit right now. Uh, let's hope everybody's healthy. Let's hope we see everybody uh, in Indianapolis. And, um, you know, again, thanks for your hard work. I, I, I really appreciate it. I hope everybody realizes. Again, I know the NCAA, and I say it all the time, gets painted sometimes with a broad brush in a negative way. But there aren't two better human beings than, than you and Dan Gabbett, and I mean that. For all you do for the sport, uh, I, I think most most people, maybe not in Orlando, but most people would thank you for your for your help. Well, I, I appreciate that. It's it's a it's definitely a labor of love, 